0: Welcome to the Dickie Down Show. Mm. God, it smells like Danny DeVito's
1: underboob. What's up, you Dicky Diners? Welcome to podcast number seven, I think? Seven or eight? I think it's seven. I think it's seven. We are going to be joined today by our good friend, my manager and vocalist of Dragged Under, Anthony Kapaki. We're going to be talking about business. We're going to be talking about his band, The Scene, the metalcore scene specifically. Maybe a little bit of drama in the metalcore scene, some stuff that uh, has been coming up recently. So make sure to uh, stick around for that. Before we jump into that, just want to let you all know that we do have a Patreon. If you want to subscribe to the Patreon, we really do appreciate it. If we can get 500 patrons, me and Austin will be doing a five-song EP. So that's a goal that we have set. So if you want to see some new music from us, 500, we're like halfway there. And um, yeah, it could be just a dollar a month or $5 a month. There's different perks. There's different tiers. One of the tiers, you can get your name on the wall behind us in every episode of Dickie Dine Show that we do while you have an active Patreon subscription, and we really do appreciate it. It helps us to pay our camera guy, and it helps us to continue to make more content. We also have Merch, which is uh, actually the sponsor of today's video, uh, which is Pretty Good Branding. Uh, Pretty Good Branding is a printing and branding agency, which is owned by our good friend and my manager, Tony. Um, They specialize in large format printing, like backdrops, table throws, tent tops, flags and of course merchandise for your band or business um they've made backdrops for some really cool bands such as power man 5000 pierce the veil atreyu asking alexandria the used etc so they are they're very reputable and tony's a very very good guy so it's good quality um they even printed all of the merch for scion and they will be printing all the dickie dine show merch so um we trust We trust them with our merch needs, and you should, too. Right now, they're running a special just for our viewers. Visit www.prettygoodbranding.com using the link in our description or pinned comment and submit a quote, and they'll give you 10% off your order when you mention the Dickie Dine Show, only if you mention the Dickie Dine Show. So what are you waiting for? Head over to prettygoodbranding.com and send them a message for your next merch order or print job. Without further ado, thank you so much, Pretty Good Brandy, for sponsoring this video. Let's get into the podcast. I can't believe all that CGI. <gasps> hey, what is up, Tony Kapaki? Dude, I haven't seen I you in a minute. Water, dudes. How are you? Good. How are you, man?
2: That'd be sick good. if you Other paste than, the I don't know where my water is. Other than that, I'm chilling.
1: Yeah, wh- where are you right now?
2: He's lost Isn't in the, the shop. <laughs> He's in the shop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> got to I
2: don't know. Uh, I'm in the shop. So at the new spot, I have like a. Well, okay, you. I maybe you know this. You're kind of from the country, but like we have a little bit shops, yeah. right? Which are basically just like garages, but they're bigger. <laughs> yeah, I know what a shop
1: <laughs> yeah. is. You fuck. Don't <laughs> <That's>
0: know <laughs> <the, the laughs> preface to that. <laughs> you're a bit of a redneck, huh? No You've had the shop, dude. <laughs>
2: because you, because because people think like, oh, it's a shop. Like I own like a. Mercantile store, Mercantile? But I don't, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> your
0: references are so obscure.
2: You're mercantile, <laughs> I don't even know what mercantile <laughs> is. <laughs> but I'm saying you're educated as hell. <laughs> was that What's an expensive you thing? How how mean, we your tastes are
1: different, dude. We've been good, man. We've been, we've been chilling. We've been doing the Dickie Dine show stuff, and and uh, I've been editing you the know? Musician Mansion show, and just work, 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 you know, as the song yeah, goes.
2: Work, 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 yeah, work, yeah. work, work! I've been really liking the the podcast. It's a cool new format for y'all. Yeah, thank okay, you. I've got a great
0: surprise for you. You're on it right
2: now. <laughs> 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 oh no! <laughs> <laughs> fan of the show. All right, Tyler. let's uh, let's yeah, jump. Yeah, long time your first time caller. So,
1: <laughs> let's jump into this. So, everybody, we'd like to introduce Anthony Kapaki. He is a good friend of ours. He's wow. been a friend of ours for, for ten years almost now. Who's counting? Who's counting? Um, he was in Rest Repose when we, back when we were doing that. He is now the vocalist of the band Dragged Under, and uh, he has his hands in all kinds of business stuff. And he's a uh, he's a very very talented musician and very good businessman so um we're glad to have oh, him on
0: highest? Yeah, highest uh credit score of the podcast so far <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> tony bad, probably do you want to give it's us a, a brief summary of your uh your career story i guess kind of starting from rest repose to where you are now and kind of how you got to be where you're at.
2: I've actually heard this story so. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> Let's check it. Out. I think you were you were probably there for most of it. I was
1: there for a little bit. Yeah, ex uh Zoomie's right. manager uh turned Heart Metalcore vocalist
2: yeah that's well that's pretty much how they all go Sometimes it's the other way. <laughs> the or the reason. other way around you know yeah, <laughs> start as the vocalist retire from metal and go to zoomies because it's the only place that'll hire them <laughs> uh yeah no I, I i dabbled in retail for a long time i think that was kind of like where i cut my teeth doing sales and and management if you will i was managing like you know a clothing store but still to some degree you have like the you know you have people personalities to manage you have products to manage stuff like that so that's kind of what got me interested initially in you know, doing like still stupid things like clothing brands or, you know, running like merch websites and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the, the like creative management thing happened obviously just because you and I became friends and I was working at Positive Grid and then I, I got let go. Um, and then uh, I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And at the time you were like, dude, I need help anyway. So just come work with me. And then that's kind of where that whole thing started. And that's just kind of what I've been doing since. Um, you know, there was like a lot of deals that would come your way that were maybe not brands that didn't quite have like the right budget for what we wanted to do, or they weren't a good fit for the channel. And basically instead of just being like saying, no, bye, you know, I basically got your permission to like shop them to other people. And you were like, yeah, I don't care. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the agency got started. Otherwise it would have just been like managing one, one creator, which would be fine. But like, as, as you know, sometimes that one creator doesn't want to, doesn't want to create, doesn't feel creative. So it's, it was kind of important that like, I was able to spread out a little bit and make sure that I had like a breadth of people I could work with when, when other people decided, Hey, I'm not working right now. And it's funny because in like the last week, I think, I think like four of, of like the people that I work for as an agent have been like, Hey, I'm not doing deals for like four months. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I kind of said that to you at one point
1: too, I think.
2: Oh yeah. 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 I think you, well, on top of just being like, yo, I'm not going to make videos for a while. I think there's been multiple times, I think where you've just been like no deals for right now and we've just been like, all right, cool. So Mm -hmm. we just hit pause and people come to us and we just go, yeah, Hey, he's, he's chilling right now. He's not trying to, he's not trying to promote rage shadow legends.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Stevie T though. He's always down to promote some rage.
2: So how
1: many, how many people are you, uh, are you doing that for now? What's your client list?
2: So, th- so we've kind of started to do like we have exclusives, right? Which is like you, Stevie, Dickie Dines, like people that it's like those are my guys. Um, and then we have non-exclusive. So those are the people that are like um, we just started working with. Uh, I just had <laughs> just a conversation with like, see, like, a Big pharma coming up. Who have you been working for? us. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> 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 oh no! Do we
0: freeze? Yeah. I- I- you were like, I've been working for, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I went. I was like, who are you
2: working for? <laughs> Too big. Uh, <laughs> you'll never know uh, Yeah, it's a channel called Hacksmith Industries. okay, so they do like all sorts of ridiculous shit um, They have like 14 million subscribers I just had a really cool call with him the other day because they kind of do the same thing where they Will like push deals off to other people that are not where they expect them to be because for some of these channels You're talking about six figures. Yeah, right like just to have a conversation Mm-hmm. um Jesus so, so they were getting that same thing where they were like oh well we can't like most brands can't meet this ask so we're gonna have to do this mm-hmm. and um so i had a conversation with them and picked up like 10 new people um i have one guy called peter Santinello that i've been working with for like two years and he, he's really taken off right now he's done like 30 million views in the last month and nice he uploads like every like twice a week or something his videos have been really fun and I don't know. I mean, obviously I love musicians. Like that's kind of where my heart is and I want to help those people, but so few of them are reliable in terms of like wanting to upload and wanting to be content creators. And that's cool too. Cause like some of, some of them will like email me like, Hey, I'm taking a step back from this as a whole. Like I want to focus on being a musician
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I'm like, yeah, cool. That's, that's rad. Um,
1: and then they come back so once they, they make no money.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of what I tell them. I'm just like sick dude. Like obviously follow your passion but, you know, be careful about abandoning this thing that's making you money. Mm-hmm. Like, it's tough to just – it's like it's like quitting a job before you have a new one, right? Yeah. like, oh, for sure. I'm fucking out of here. I don't even like Red Robin. And then you're like, I'm free. And then nobody else will hire you because they call your references or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you quit without notice. Yeah.
0: You forgot you don't have so, free burgers for life.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was my lunch
1: today. It, it's like dating a seven because you want a ten. Then you end up with a four. <laughs>
2: It's like, yeah, I know. It's, like it's like cheating on a seven with a four and then ending up with nothing.
1: Yeah, yeah, for real.
2: Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, the I, I, I want people to do anything that makes them happy, but I've seen it a lot where people will just stop doing a thing that's prudent and that makes them money to pursue something that makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And then they don't have, like, maybe they're happy, but I think genu- generally a lot of people don't really know what they want. Mm-hmm. And so they'll chase things they think they want do those things realize that that doesn't make them happy either and now they don't have a job or happiness and you're just like well fuck
1: yeah are you happy with <laughs> what with what you're doing with dragged under and the music and and your business and you just moved down to the country yourself you have your yeah. are you are you set up in your new house yet
2: yeah almost we like today we finally just like my dad and I I flew him out because anytime I need help with something, I fly my dad out just because he's like the dude I know that knows how to do stuff. You sure. Know? Like he knows how to measure stuff and drill stuff. And, um, You're never too old to <laughs> yeah. need your dad.
0: The two things you call well, him for, <laughs> measuring and cutting. You <laughs> 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 don't need anything. Well,
2: you know how it is. Like you'll be like, oh, I want to put something in this wall. Mm-hmm. And you'll just start drilling and be like, that's not a stud. <laughs> <He's> like, wait, <laughs> that's not, hold on <laughs> a second. Yep. I've been musician too spells. long, where are the studs? <laughs> yeah, dude. No, I think generally, I'm very happy with the move. Um, you know, we moved out to the east side of Washington just to kind of get away from the city and get away from city folk and kind of just be be alone and, and not be bothered. I miss my friends a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really have, like, a friend group here. Um, the, the dudes I like to hang out with, like, he's a dad, too, and he's a little older, but... You know his brother will come into town and like we'll go golfing and stuff like that. But I'm also gone so much, dude. Like this month, this last couple months, I've been home like two weeks over the last two months, I think. Yeah. Uh, So you know it's.
1: And that's because of dragged under going on tour and stuff.
2: Yeah. So so where I am doesn't really matter. You know, like in terms of like where my home is, Mm -hmm. because I just leave and come back. So, uh, but yeah, generally we're close to Chelsea's family. You know, like her brother and I do trivia a lot. And that's fun. Like, I built a schedule. I joined a boxing gym just to try to get in shape. And, nice. Um, so I'm just trying to find, like, to fall into a little bit of a, uh, a system, you know. Like, what's oh, Monday? I do this on Mondays. It's Tuesday. I do this on Tuesdays. So that's been helpful to try to develop a system. Um, Drag under, I love doing it. Um, I-, I hate doing it until I get on stage. hmm I'm sure you guys understand. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, sucks. dude. would like all the fucking practicing and buying gear and going broke and flights. And like, we just did that festival in Kentucky. And so Sean and I, after our last tour, we parked the van in L.A. So Sean and I flew down to L.A., scooped up the other members and drove all the way to Kentucky. It took us three days to get there. We played for 30 minutes, turned around and drove back. Crazy. <laughs> and then My just did the same thing for Sacramento.
1: So Drake but Dunder like- Drake Dunder you guys are playing some really big festivals you're getting really good tours i mean tours with the used and and tons of other cool bands but um and if it, if this is too personal it's okay but it kind i kind of want to bring it up for people to be aware of the situation of of musicians especially <clears throat> music- musicians that are trying I am to a make it defender, yes um, um <laughs>
0: so <laughs> I know where this is going. Yes. So, so, I'm an yeah, I'm right there.
1: <laughs> so, but, so you're, you guys are, you guys are pre- kind of killing it. Like you guys are playing in front of thousands of people when you go on these festivals and these tours and stuff like that, you're playing with really big bands, but we had a conversation may- maybe a few weeks ago where, where you still say that you guys have made like no money from like take home money from the band. Is that, is that still accurate?
2: I lost you for a second there. You're back down.
1: So I'm just saying. Um, I just my question is, is a that, yeah, we had a conversation a few weeks ago where you're where you basically said that dragged under,
2: <laughs> where you there's said lot, that hold on, there's a lot going on. There's, <laughs> there's a lot on.
1: going on. <laughs> where you said that dragged under doesn't make money, and I just wanted you to maybe talk yeah. on that for the for the people watching to really understand like how difficult it is for for musicians to actually like to make it and make money in this.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's so hard. Cause there's like a lot of ways you can approach being a musician, right? Like you can only do things for money in which case you won't get a lot of opportunities or you can do, you can take every opportunity in which you're spending a ton of money. So mm-hmm. like, you know those, those festivals we did, um, the, the one they didn't, I think we made, I think we made $975 each for, for two festivals um when everything was said and done you know after gas hotels right wear and tear on the van oil change like we lost probably 800 bucks doing it mm-hmm. but those are the kind of festivals where it's like mm, you don't say no because it's like the danny wimmer stuff you're just rubbing elbows with so many important people and and you get to like i got to see pantera that was pretty sick hell yeah um so, you know, we're like, oh, it's a free festival. Like, people travel all over to do these things. We get to play in them and like, off- offset our costs a little bit. So the band as a business, um, you know, makes money. Like, mm-hmm. we we go on tour, we make money. The, the problem becomes, like, especially as you get older, keeping members without mm-hmm. paying them. Um, and we pay our members, like, a little bit every week just to kind of be like, hey, pay your phone bill. Hey, pay for your food or whatever. It's not that much. But... Um, that was like a big reason some of those guys quit. Like we had three dudes quit at one time. And the main impetus was the first thing was I'm a dickhead. But the second thing was they want to make money.
1: Do you want to, do you want to go into that? Do you want to, do you want to talk about that?
2: I've, I've talked about it a little bit. Like it's all good. We're we're all friends with those guys. Um, but that's, that's the truth is that I think we, we just have a difference of opinion on, on a lot of things. And they, I I don't think that fluff was just like, yo, I'm done with the shit. I'm too old for it. I'm, I'm over it. And then the other guys were kind of just, like, out of the blue, um, just were like, I'm, we're going to quit. And I was like, oh, okay, sick. Mm-hmm. So it was a bummer because, like, you know, we had, a, we had like, a, a falling out, like, a talk in in Germany at one of our shows about how just, like, they didn't like how, how I was. And you've been in a band with me. Like, you guys understand that, like, yeah, sometimes it's like there's got to be one person keeping it together because there is a lot of cats to, like, herd, like, proverbial cats to be like, Hey, stop drinking. Hey, no, don't touch that. And like, you're just running around, like trying to keep people you on the rails a little that. bit. And when they won't, when they won't do it on their own, it's like a little bit tough to, it's like somebody has to be the fucking dickhead because right. no one else is doing anything. in the band. And so like, that's what Sean and I, we've kind of like divided a lot of the responsibility now moving forward, just so that there's like, I think one of the big things was like, I have to take a lot of this weight of the band off of me. Right. Um, for me to be like able to do it and not be, Psycho to you guys or just like Feel like I'm losing my mind all the time Right um, That's been very helpful having like Sean step up And um, And you know he was always like the dude that was like My my like kind of go to anyway um, Fluff did a lot of stuff too, just like clerical stuff but If you don't have like a, a Couple like if you don't have everybody like With the similar vision and the same Understanding of what everybody wants like the It's not there's no point in having a band and that's why These dudes like you have guys like Jairus Johnson and like Kim Dracula and nothing nowhere and, and, and falling in a verse where it's like, I am the band. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be in this band, like it's my band and you can be here. Mm-hmm. But then the problem comes back to money where it's like, I would love to do that, but I don't have the money to pay musicians. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's tough, dude. Even even a band that's doing as much as we are. Um, yeah, there's there's sometimes you'll get lucky. Like we're taking a tour in Germany. Uh, Next year where they're paying us very well, and we're like holy shit. This is crazy but it's because we just finally told our agent like We we will not come back here if it's if it means losing money Mm -hmm. We just can't do it right? Um, And so he started finding us opportunities that make money and and we unfortunately still take an L in the US a lot of the times Um, Obviously merch is like the savior of tours Um, I think we you know, we spend our guarantees easily in gas and hotels um, and we're only doing one hotel now. Like, since since we got new guys, we've kind of – we've, like, minimized our crew. So now we're only – we go out as four four or five people, right? Like, the band is a four-piece right now plus uh, Justin who does content and merch. And so he gets paid a salary. But it's it's been nice because we've only had to buy one hotel room. They don't need to be fancy. Like, we'll pull into, like, a Motel 6, sleep for eight hours, get up and go. Right. And I think that was a big thing, too, was making sure that, like, we – we all kind of had a realistic expectation of like what it, what it needs to look like going forward for the band to be profitable and to maintain its own, um, like it's, it's own, um, I don't, I don't know the word, but to, to carry its own weight, we have to operate differently than we had in the past. So, I mean, the biggest thing is obviously merch sales, like without being able to sell merch on the road and, um, you know being able to like charge 35 bucks for a shirt it's like i don't know how bands survive these
1: speaking days. of merch have you heard about this uh thing going on with tesseract and their that merch
2: dude, is a fucking idiot, dude that dude's so <laughs> stupid he's a, such a dum dumb. i saw uh tank you know tank the tech yeah right yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, we've done uh, live streams with with tank
2: oh sick so he's he's one of my guys now and i he posted – that's the first time I saw anything about it. he posted like a story and it was like the tweet and he's like, there's still time to delete this. <laughs> and, uh, and I clicked it and was like, what is this drama? And I couldn't believe what he was saying. I was just like – I was confused that, that like a member of the band would want to like take food out of the mouth of one of his – Crew right
1: because he's made I don't I don't know too much about it What essentially was the situation I mean he wanted he was making too much And so the drummer wanted a cut or Or what was it exactly
2: He didn't say that but I but that's what he meant I think like he was basically saying like Yo I've noticed Like an indiscrepancy in in, like music And it's like oh you're you're fucking Inspector Clouseau you're so Revolutionary you notice that musicians don't make Money it took you how long have you Been in Tesseract (laughs) This is not new. Musicians never make money. We're the last to get paid always. Mm-hmm. So yes, merch people make good money. That's why we're able to take a guy on tour who has who runs his own business, who has like a girlfriend and like people relying on him and, and he's able to come out and go with us because he knows like, yo, that's where I make my money. So one, you have to incentivize people to do that. Cause one, a lot of a lot of them are only working a couple months out of the year. And two, that job sucks. Mm-hmm. Like the merch guy is the only guy who's at the thing all fucking day. On your feet. Austin, yeah, Austin's his head because Austin used to sell merch for rest your pose. It's a it's a sucky job. And you especially if you're someone like Austin, like you're getting punished. So most people and don't have that. But, 30K. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we needed to but set yeah, up you know, a tip thing right.
1: for you, is what we needed to do, clearly.
2: Yeah. He was mad that like the merch guy was making a lot of money and, and the band wasn't. And it's like, well, dude. The, the bottom line is, like, this is kind of a thing for people who aren't musicians and don't really know how it works. The band sets the wages for everyone on the tour. Mm-hmm. The the buck stops with, for, we'll use Falling Universe. the buck stops with Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Everything is his decision all the way down, right? From stage moves to fucking light colors to, you know, where the guys on stage stand. Like, if you ever notice, he's always the only one on that riser, unless they're doing like pyro or something every decision stops with the main guy in your band and so with with like respect to how much people get paid they could easily just say hey merch guy you know here's how it works you get 500 bucks a week plus we split the tips the band takes 80% you take 20%. Like you can set that up however you want just like a relationship that we have right? You could be like, "Hey, I want to renegotiate my percentage or or I'm not going to or I'm going to pay you a flat fee and in exchange I'm, I don't want to give you any percentage." Right. So like all of this stuff is up for negotiation. So it's a little bit gauche to be in a band and like try to like I don't even know what he was doing. It almost just felt like he was trying to like um not flex but like the opposite like he was trying to like start a pity party for himself and his band about how little money they make and it's like dude that's not where you're losing money
0: yeah like
2: the tips that the merch guy's getting is not maybe not going to make the difference in your band like the merch sales are what is going to make the difference like he's not getting a piece of that he's only getting the tips Mm -hmm. but it's the fucking age-old thing right like we're bitching about Bands have to get a merch cut and we don't get any bar in like it's all this shit where it's it's never fair to the band and it's never going to be but pretending like your merch guys tips like are are changing the dynamic or like the trajectory of your band's success financially is ridiculous but I think he was basically just like oh I just want everyone to know like You're paying these guys a lot of money, but but just so you know, we don't get it. And it's like, oh, cool. you're. It's almost like an
0: incentive to to, like pay our merch guy less when you see a song (laughs) tour.
2: Could you imagine being the merch guy on that tour? He's just like, what the fuck, guys? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Why didn't you talk to me? Why'd
0: you post this on
2: Instagram? (laughs) 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 My guess is that he probably was like, yo, I'm going to post this. Like, is it cool with you? And the guy was probably like, yeah, whatever. It's cool. But I don't think that dude realized like what – a hornet's nest he was kicking.
1: That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I don't I don't think he really meant it to come across the way that it just kind of did. Yeah
2: I, yeah, I guess there's there's a side of
0: it where he clarified that he said he had talked to a few fans that had donated like a large amount thinking it was going directly to the band and he was like that that, yep. that kind of sucks for them cuz they thought it was going to us but it went to
2: Terry. Well, I mean which, and, and, and it's that's like
0: something... I mean <laughs> It, that's kind of on them for it's like if i really liked the restaurant i gave the guy up front three hundred dollars as a tip, and just didn't yeah. say anything <laughs> like yeah, he yeah wasn't like can you make sure the owner gets this I was like here you go man there's three hundred dollars
2: yeah and that that is one thing that i will say is like there and there's two there's like two ba- big schools of thought is one is just negotiate it differently with your merch guy just say like hey dude you're gonna get like you'll get 30 percent, or like some some people only do um like I think when we went out with ten years, I was talking to their merch guy and he was saying the band takes all digital tips and he keeps all cash tips, mm. which is like whatever. I mean, there's not it's not like it's not unfair, but it's but an it's agreement. Just like, yeah, yeah and, and he up. said yes.
1: Yeah, right. So it's
2: like you know, maybe maybe I probably would guess that most of the tips are card tips because mm-hmm. most people pay with card now these days. But at some point, it probably wasn't like that. Ten years ago, it was probably like, oh, sick, like. I get to keep the cash tips. It's like that's all there was. Um, but, yeah, I think the landscape changes, and, you know, you just have to keep renegotiating stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I was going to make another point. I guess my point was also if you have a fucking problem with it, get your fucking ass out there and sell the merch, then, you little piss bitch.
0: <laughs> you little <laughs> piss. piss bitch. <laughs> you little piss bitch. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I wanted to read this little thing because I was I was looking into it this morning. And I found, yeah. I found this uh, article they posted, and they said, uh, Tesseract vocalist Daniel Tompkins has released a statement regarding the tipping situation. And then, quote, uh, It's about time Jay starts his own income stream. We've all started doing our own things, and it's not like I'm sharing my OnlyFans money with the rest of the band. And it's, a, and it's an indirect quote. And then that same article commented under it and said, it should be noted that Daniel Tompkins did not say this. <laughs> it's oh, like, well, you just lie. <laughs> the whole article wait, was just like a lie. <laughs> they, they directly quoted him and then in their own comments said, it should be noted that the, he didn't say this. I was going to say, wait, Dan
1: has an OnlyFans? No, I got to check just, that just, out. This
0: company just lied for no reason. Dan's yeah, a beautiful man. This should be noted that confusing. I'm lying.
1: Damn.
2: So, yeah, I mean, but but that is a good point too. Like, I haven't relied on no, nobody in my band is is or has ever going all the way back to Restrepo's has ever relied on the band to be the source of income.
1: Right, yeah. it's tough.
2: And we can complain about that all we want. Like, I think musicians do a lot of like complaining and and uh, genuflecting, if I'm using that word correctly, but about how. We don't get enough And like oh what's the solution And they talk about like oh music unions Oh like all this bullshit And it's just like none of that's going to work Because music like The the music world is too vast There's too many bands who think they deserve What you have without working for it There's too many bands out there that think that Like you know how many times you've been to a show And it's like the other bands are like can we borrow something Or like you know or, Or the venue has been like we didn't clear this much in the bar Can we have like XYZ It's just like There is not a lot of other industries. I think comedy is probably the closest thing to music because there's no real other industry where like the expectation is stop fucking complaining and go work harder. Mm -hmm. And in music and comedy, those are like the two things where you're just like you hear the stories of these people who like originally were, um, you know, like they call it barking when you work at the front door and you're like trying to get people to come into the comedy club. these people like barking at these these clubs Mm and they're like you know pete holmes i was like one of the biggest podcasts he had a show on hbo like he's a very very well-known comic but like he started out just out front of the comedy club in boston begging people to come inside and i think they would let him do i think the trade was like you bark for you know three hours out front and we'll let you do 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and so he's like doing 15 minutes to people who don't give a shit at the end of the night, like they're sweeping up the peanuts and he's up there on stage telling jokes like but I, but I I kind of like that culture in music. I like the grind because I think that it removes like a lot of not shitty bands because there's a lot of people that are in shitty bands that make it. But I think a lot of people who are in music for I don't want to say the wrong reasons. That's not right. But like who are in music because they think it might be an avenue to like money um they get that rude awakening really quickly and i think that the barrier to entry is necessary so that people like go to music and they're like oh wow this sucks and you're like yeah you want to keep you sure you want to fucking do this because it's not fun yeah and I, I i don't love that we don't get paid obviously that sucks but it's like where where's the money going to come from right do you know what i mean yeah like if, let's say you're getting like let's say you know austin your band is getting you know 500 bucks a night to play a show tickets are 10 bucks so you got to sell at least 50 tickets just for them to clear.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Let's say they sell a hundred tickets. Now you and the venue are making the same amount of money, right? Like they get to sell the bar and you get to sell your merch and they should not be taking a merch cut. That's bullshit. It always has been. But like, where is this extra money going to come from? Right. Cause from they, the don't, they don't, merch. Like, do tips, baby. Uh, but you don't have like, there is no more money to give their bar. It does well, but they still have to pay for the fucking, the lights in the, in the venue. Like they have to turn the lights on, right? They got to pay their bills. They got to pay their people. You know how expensive it is to employ people. Mm -hmm. Realistically, there's not a good answer to solve paying musicians more.
1: Well, and I think the other thing is too, is like for every single post Malone, for every single Doja cat, for every single Justin Bieber, there's a million people that are just as good who are trying to make money and grind and make it. And it's just not, they just can't, you know what I mean? Like there's, it, like you said, they're like, where's the money coming from? Like you, it's almost like this magical, th- like hand reaches down and says, you're chosen. And then pulls you out of the ether of the musician pool. Mm-hmm. And then, then you get to that level of making millions and millions of dollars. But that is so, so incredibly rare. And like, imp- I mean, even like, like to put it in per- into perspective, like, even even doing, like, the Scion stuff and doing, like, the Restrepo stuff we used to do or doing Dynes X Hefe stuff, it's, like, if I didn't have my own thing, which is, you know, my YouTube channel and the content that I make, I, I could not afford to live that yeah. lifestyle to make those records to do those songs because, like... The Scion thing, I mean, sure, you might make 50K from one record, but I spent 50K to make the record. I didn't make yeah. money. It was just, okay, I was luckily reimbursed because it it's so expensive to do. And it's like, you know, unless you are that huge hit-selling, you know, crazy successful band, I mean, yeah, they're just like, where's the money? It's like yeah, it's just not it's there. It goes you know? back
0: to the yeah, – I think every yeah. band just kind of has to have their own – Side hustle I guess yeah of being able to Yeah, so s- like sustain I mean, yourself while you're on tour outside of the that. other
2: thing is Like the the way I feel about like bands making money is how I felt about All of this stuff since the beginning of time right like mm-hmm. it's a hot-button topic But like people talk about like oh the wage gap and stuff and it's like all right But but you negotiate your salary before you take a job, right? Everybody does and if you don't that's that's your problem like you didn't negotiate your salary so like when Jared and I started working together, I told him, like, yo, this is how much I make at positive grid. And he said, all right, for two months, we're going to cut that in half. We'll try it out. And I said, yes, mm-hmm. I didn't go online and be like, this fucking guy, he's only paying me half what I used to get paid. It's <laughs> fucked up. I just took it and went, yeah, let's try it out. Because he understood I'm taking a risk, you know, paying you a flat salary. So like, you got to take a risk and show me why it's worth paying you more. And it worked out and it was great. But like. Everyone has, that we've worked with, and even like sound guys, like every time we hire a sound guy, you know, we just stopped working with our old sound guy because he, um, you know, he tried to renegotiate his, his wage. And we just said, dude, it's, we don't have it. Right. Like money doesn't exist for us to give to you. And if it does, we would. It's not that because you don't
1: want to, right? just it, literally don't have it. Like it's just not there.
2: Not at all. If we, if, we, dude, if everybody was making enough money, I'd put everybody on like a permanent salary and it'd be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Like how sick would that be to just be like, I don't work? I just, I tour and then I come home and I just fuck off. Well, you
1: want everyone on your team to eat. You want everyone to God. feel like they're, they have an incentive. They're happy They're You know what I mean? It just makes the whole experience better. So
2: mm-hmm. yeah. And in, and in like the case of dragged under, I have made less from the band than everyone else that's ever been in it ever. And uh, maybe except for like the first, first iteration, like before we were touring, but like everyone in the band has made something from the band. Um, Mostly just like they take on jobs, right? So, for example, Sean, he tour manages. So he gets a certain amount of money a week to do that. We pay the dudes that are playing with us now. They get like a a weekly stipend. It's not a lot, but it's something to just be like, yo, here, cover your bills, cover your food. But I am the only one who's never made a dime from the band, and I write all the fucking music. Right, Me and Hiram write everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's tough to be like the guy, but that's that is – when these people go into the real world – They'll see what it's like and and they'll understand like, oh, I started a business and I don't get to get a paycheck for a long, long, long time. You know, you guys probably felt like that when you started the Dickie Dine Show and then now the podcast. And these things are like an upfront investment. You lose money before you make money. And then even when it makes money, you're like, okay, well, we need new cameras. We need new mics. We need a new computer. We need this. And it's like every fucking dime goes right back into it until you're like we have so much money we can't spend it all this week 100 yeah
1: well i mean don't they say that uh any new business you won't profit in the first two years as just kind of like a, a generalization at least yeah
2: depends on what you're doing obviously right that's typical that's typical of like hard good companies so like there's so many fucking bugs in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> there's fucking bugs everywhere. I was you. wondering was
1: what like that was. Yeah. Bugs. You gotta you gotta use some of that drug under money to hire an exterminator.
2: God. Well, I just no, I mean, it just it's a country. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And you know, you, the house you grew up in, I'm sure it was just like, there's just bugs, dude. You just deal with it. You mm-hmm. tried giving the um, bugs a per diem. <laughs> <laughs> no i tried taking my tips away though they won't leave <laughs> they got more mad yeah um yeah so like what you're saying that's typical of like hard good companies um like you know like sh- selling shirts or something mm-hmm. or, or make designing and making a product right like from scratch like if you wanted to like start a guitar company you know you can talk to any of those guys like balaguer or or, or like chapman who started new companies and i guarantee you they'll be like yeah i didn't didn't make anything on this. Most of the times those people have another job that's paying for that new job. Right. That's like the hobby, right? Like, well, yeah, my, you know, my IT job pays for like the, the guitars that I'm building. Mm -hmm. That is how life works. Mm -hmm. Unless you go to the bank and get like a loan or get like a cash injection or, or or, or, like a private loan from your dad or something like that. This is just the nature of the business, and music is no different. It's a it's a bootstrapping business where everybody is – every single person wants to get paid like they have a boss but doesn't want to have a boss. But that's the other thing you have to realize too is like in music, we're lucky that we don't have people to answer to. My band is my own band. Mm-hmm. We show up to the show. I'm a contractor. I set up. I do what I want to do. I play my set. I sell my merch, and I get out. And, and But imagine if you were like – like, this Live Nation stuff is kind of getting weird because they're buying all the venues. And then these these agencies are signing deals with Live Nation, basically saying, like, okay, like, Beartooth, that tour we went on, that was a Live Nation tour. So almost every single venue was a Live Nation venue. Mm. And it's like, there's some things that are cool about that because it makes it easier for the bands to get paid, and it, like, sometimes they get, like, an upfront. Um, but they make a deal where they go, okay, we'll only play Live Nation venues now, mm. like, in the U.S. or whatever. And it almost becomes now where you're like beholden to live nation. Right. Monopoly. Well, whoever the, yeah. Whoever the conglomerate is that owns the venues. It's like, that's why they're interested in buying the venues. Cause that's the only way you can control bands. We own the means of production and without a place to play, like what is a band?
1: It's crazy. It's
2: Just a group of dudes playing music. Yeah. So, so we need that. We need it to, to be con- kind of the wild west and continue to be like, you know, this next bastion of like freedom and just being like, Yeah you show up Do your set We're not going to tell you What music to write We're not going to tell you How to play your instruments Show up and entertain the people And then get the fuck out of here Because I don't want to I don't want to be You know a union musician I don't want to work for You know a specific Like a director Like these These actors have to do They show up And they get told What lines to say How to say them Uh, I don't want any of that Mm -hmm. I want to come up there And play my songs The way I wrote them The things I like And I want to leave And I want to have Nothing to do with anybody else because there's especially in music because there's too many fucking people doing the wrong shit you know so it's a little bit like like labels in that respect but even when a label gives you money like you've seen with scion like if they give you a check for 50 grand you would have been like oh yippee I'm, I'm pocketing 25 of this and then you go make a record and realize how expensive it is to make a record and pay musicians and do promotion and do videos and all this other stuff and it's just like it's it's hilarious how fast the dollar spends when you're a musician
1: and then everything that you pocketed is just now gone yeah,
2: yeah. you didn't pocket anything you were like the, that's the thing with like even even as like a band you know we like we signed our, our deal with with mascot and we're we're happy with it but i think at the time like at the beginning we're like wow that's a lot of money yeah and then you go make the record and there's like this weird like back to back channel where like the producers just go cool what are you getting for this record and you tell them and they go, sick, all right, we well, I'm going to charge you more for this record. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, yeah I mean, wait. even it's, like, not even just music, but even content, too. Like, obviously, we just did the Musician Mansion thing, which is coming out soon. And, uh, oh, I think he froze again.
0: Stay
2: plugging.
1: Stay plugging. <clears throat> you there?
2: I lost. There you go. I was about to say... <laughs> content it's like content too yeah Yeah, i was
1: about to say like we just did the musician mansion thing obviously we had a couple of sponsors district and sweetwater you know they gave us you know x amount of money and i ended up spending out of my own pocket half of what they gave me which was a very large amount that was just like well i i'm just now like i'm in the i didn't make anything from this and then i had to sit i had to write the entire show i had to book everyone all the plane tickets i had to make sure everything was good and then i had to edit you know all the videos and then now we have to promote it and post it and i'm 25 grand in debt from doing this and it's like well hopefully people watch it and i make some kind of return from ad revenue but that's the thing is like because we were talking about potentially doing like a season two and then i'm just like well where's the return like who's yeah. who's gonna be getting the return? So if I go to a company and I say, "Hey, give me, can you give me a hundred grand to do this?" It's same as a band would, you know, give me hundred grand to do a record. And if it's like, well, what's the return on it? Because like for for the content, it's like, well, it's just going on your channel. It's like, well, I'm not gonna make that back in ad revenue then unless I get a hundred million views, like Mr. Beast or something. Right. That's insane. So it's the same kind of thing with bands too. You know, it's like they'll sign to a record label, get 50 grand or hundred grand to do a record. The record doesn't sell. Then they're in debt 50 or hundred grand. And it's just, there's so many stories like that, you know, that, like for every success yeah. story, there's a thousand stories of people just, you know, they just go into debt. They can't return the money. And you know, it's, it's, it's sad.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the thing with like, so there's like a bit of a misnomer when it comes to like, like being in debt to a label, that's the best kind of debt you can have. Cause you're, you have zero obligation to pay it back. So, like, when we go to the label, we ask for as much money as we can. So, unless, like, unless you think your song will make more money than they're giving you, just borrow as much money as you can. Because they don't—the label is taking all the risk in that, right? So, you're right. Everything you're saying is valid. I'm just, like, for the people out there who don't know how record deals work, they're not that bad. Like, it sucks because, yeah, you'll never make money on that music, but they, they aren't either. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you're not making money on the music— even after signing to a label, it means they didn't make back the money that they put into it.
1: Mm-hmm. But then so are the are you not then obligated period. for, like, another record to give them to then until you make it back? Or is it just, like, gone no, in the ether?
2: It's gone. Yeah. So, but, but this is where, that's, like, why a lot of times they'll sign you for, like, multiple albums. So, Drag Dunder has a three-album deal with Mascot Records. This is our last one. The next one we are put out, we're done with them. But they could have looked at the other sales and been like, yo, it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're sunk into this already. We're just going to keep collecting revenues, keep collecting stream money from these old songs and try to recover our losses. But that's what labels do, right? They want—like you said, they want one Post Malone pays for the eight artists that they signed, you know, that did nothing. Right. So, yeah, it's— it's like a little bit scary to think like,, oh, I'm borrowing money, but it's like, yeah, but the label's risking it they like everybody knows what they're getting from that deal, which is I'm getting money to make records, you're taking you're 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 giving me the money and you're owning the music afterwards, but like you said, like if you were the label for Scion, would you be pleased with the performance? as good as the music is and as good as it's done, you're realizing that it costs more to make music than most people who consume it will we'll put back into right. it right and even with even it's like you know all these people like complain about like spotify and it's like well y'all aren't buying fucking cds anyway mm-hmm. you're not buying like they're. where might buy are you got to listen though. to them the,
1: the people don't make cars with cds anymore you can't find cd players unless you go and buy them yeah. on amazon or something
2: <clears throat> my car doesn't have a cd player and that's maybe that's the best thing that ever happened to like streaming is that they really changed the world mm-hmm. they just went we're done with hard we're done with this shit but there's also zero investment into that like to sell five thousand dollars in cds you have to buy twenty five hundred dollars in cds so like yeah Yeah. it's not like it's not a zero-sum game but you're definitely if you embrace the streaming lifestyle like you'll be better off i think but but in in regards to what you're saying like with scion you spent more than you made Mm -hmm. right which is common with every musician It was about like it was
1: about even and it, it, it's crazy that like in my head that's a success where it's like if I can oh, yeah. if I can just cut even then that's a success you know what I mean <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's just really letting that sink I'm <laughs> back
2: Yeah you're you're right though that is a success mm-hmm. like and that's how a label would think too because now okay I'm even now 5 years from now I'm gonna be up three hundred big ones. Yeah,
0: 300, yeah 300. <laughs> in five years, three hundred
2: dollars. Yeah, for real, sure. dude. So that's kind of how they think is like, okay, we got we got back to zero. Now we can focus on like, how do we? turn this music into something else and that's kind of where like publishing comes in and like trying to sell the song to a movie right or like oh sync licensing stuff like that right but yeah Anyway, sorry. i think we need to get the Uh, blade
1: on the blade movie and then we'll be solid
2: tony did i ever tell you that uh i saw this dude
0: do an acoustic set it was like a private acoustic set for a family they like specifically hired him and he was telling us the story that he had the opportunity for his song to be in a Marvel movie, and his manager tried to negotiate for more and they, they just never heard back from them again. It was just what a big opportunity
2: ah, I'd be dude. so mad
0: if I found out that my manager did that I'd be Like you did dude, you renegotiated on Marvel dude <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. deal. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you asked for a million and, and no, they said a million and you said, how about a million and one? Yeah. I want some
0: of the money. A million and <laughs> two dollars.
1: Oh, ew.
2: Yeah. Dude, that's like the that's the type of shit that we talk about all the time. Where it's like there's certain there are certain deals you just don't negotiate.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like you just go, yo, this is pretty sick. Yeah, how yeah. good like would that intrinsic. look on your resume forever? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. The intrinsic value versus like the monetary value, right? And I don't know if we've ever had the conversation, Jared, because I don't know if it's ever come up. But like the Marvel thing, there you definitely missed. have been moments <laughs> where, like, we like I've had I've had artists go, "Do you think this is enough money?" Like, "Oh, it's a big brand; they've got money." And I'm like, "Yeah, but also, like, yeah, what an opportunity!" Yeah, this imagine is. they come this back, you get two of these, right? Yeah. Well, that's another thing, right? It's, like obviously these, like the that's the creator marketplace, is that they're just like, oh, like usually I ask for a billion, jillion, and I'm like. Okay, well, you're not going to get that. So, and if you do, the brand's going to go bankrupt, and they're not going to pay you, and then they're not going to ever work with you again. Right. So, like, why don't we be realistic about what you're asking, and we can work with these guys forever? Yeah, that's why. You, that's why we did fucking how many raid Shadow Legends deals. It's funny right, what, as soon right. as you
0: said that, so the first thing I thought of is like how little I've probably helped raid, and how much they keep coming back. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well yeah do, no, I'm sure you do. Obviously, they smart. wouldn't come back, but it's still right, funny. Yeah.
1: It's much but better they, to make $500 10 times than make one $2,000 check.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Plus so, serotonin know, when randomly like you want to do Raid. I'm like,
2: sure. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you're not depressed for that 10 seconds? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> what a rush. Weight lifted. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but, but yeah, I mean, going back to what you were saying, like it is, it's just hilarious. how, and I think a lot of that does come that down to fun. like it's really hilarious. The reliance <laughs> on other people. Right, like if I had Hirem's get
1: better Wi Fi in that shop. I can just fucking put in he does here it in and then I the
2: go. Bit. I'm writing music Hold myself. On you broke up.
1: Yeah, it's start over oh, it's again. Good. It's really funny how.
2: uh I was just saying like how much money it costs to make stuff. Yeah. But if I had Hiram's brain, I would just fucking put it in here and then I would go. I make the music now and I keep the money.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we are relying on him to some extent, right? To do the record and to produce it and mix it and make it sound make it sound sick. I don't know how to do that stuff. Yeah. Luckily with you. I mean, I guess you did work with producers too, but like theoretically you could do a lot of that stuff on your own and pocket those, those dollars. And that's what guys like Caleb do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Caleb Shoma, like he, he produces all his own shit. He writes all of it. And so at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, maybe it's not always the freshest music on the planet and it's, he kind of has a formula and it's kind of, they all kind of sound the same, but that dude's making money. You see the house he just bought. Mm-mm.
1: I'm sure it's nice.
2: I mean, Sure. A couple, it was like a, I think maybe a year ago I moved to LA, but it's sick. It's a it's a it's a crib.
1: Hell yeah, good for him, man. But
2: you know those guys, yeah. Respect to those dudes for for carving out that space and just going like, this is how I do it. Right. I'm not a real quick. A uh,
0: Caleb Showm owner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God,
2: why? You got to come over soon, Tony, so we can do another smash night. Dude, I mean, I live far away now, but I absolutely. know, I know. That's that's the cool thing. I can be like, Oh, I gotta go to Jared's for some business, <laughs> <laughs> some, yeah, business, I mean, I some business, tax write off. You have to stay the night there for a couple nights, you dude. Hiram
0: uh smashes us sometimes, just yeah. Make a lobby and we'll just play with him for a little bit
2: online, yeah. Yeah, dude, I know. We need to. He was talking about coming out here to do the record, and I, was, I don't, I don't know if he will, but uh, if he does, we should definitely have you guys out, and then we set up the smash on this big fucking. Oh, this is so a simulator screen. Hell yeah,
1: dude!
2: the shop, and just there like, better be
1: no books. Smoke
2: Bug cigarettes and drink bearded.
1: dude. Dude, yeah, if he no, comes out, out, let us dude, know.
2: Work over there. Look at that guy, dude.
1: Damn.
0: Oh. The precariously placed uh, golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm enjoying the light.
2: Well, yeah, that's my wife's bag. Like my stuff's all over there, and like the cool. <laughs> a much funnier oh, yeah. setup. <laughs>
0: yeah, hell yeah. <laughs>
2: Hers is just chilling back there. I don't want it touching mine. Yeah, it's the girl's <laughs> Get the bag away from my shit. That's her corner. She's like the only corner in the shop she's allowed to have. It's fourteen thousand square feet. She gets hundred of it. Um, <laughs> anyway. She's the merch girl for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Keep the tips,
1: Tony. So uh, we, yeah, have, uh, we have we uh, have some questions from our, our, our patrons yeah, over yeah. on Patreon. I wanted to ask you before you go. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, so no, cool. this this question comes from Leo Voigt, and he says, if there was one band that you could be a
2: part of, what would it be? I'd be the merch guy for
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Couldn't have been a better fucking time for that (laughs) call. We made 10 of those jokes today. That was easily the best one. (laughs) All right.
2: Um, Um, That's a good question. I will, I, I, um, (laughs) gosh, I don't know, man. I, uh, fuck, dude. It's tough. It's funny because I always, I always make these like this question should just be one, one word answer. I should just go foreigner and we go to the next one. But I always think too much. I'm like, we just saw we just saw like limb biscuit um and i'm like oh i would love to be in limb biscuit but then i'm like only if i was fred durst though because that dude's just up there talking yeah for 40 minutes (laughs) like like everyone else is just like fred please i've been playing the intro to break stuff for 30 minutes (laughs) you're gonna keep playing it (laughs) yeah so i don't know i think i love (laughs) being dragged under i was gonna Um, say you'd want to be the vocalist of dragged under man yeah, I think the only other thing I would want to do is like I would love to be like a country guy. Like I'd love to be one of these dudes, like young country dudes crushing it. Like,
1: <laughs> so that goes into like, our next question, which is comes from It's okay. Inferno Blue, And he says, uh, um, is the country's thing is the country thing still coming to fruition? And uh what's that look like?
2: I honestly haven't even started it, dude. Like it's dragged under and obviously I have a child now and we've just moved. I'm finally, like literally just finally last week, like into the like slow part of my year where I have like a little bit of time and we're already scheduling writing the third drag under record So, yeah. I'm just like I want to do it, but I, but it's also weird um Country writers are weird like like metal musicians, you know Like I have access to some of the best metal writers on the planet Like the dudes that are right for spirit box the write are right for falling into reverse the dudes that are right for um Uh What's the big band?
1: We have Hiram, he uh, does Word Alive, like, he does Bless the Fall, he does yeah, uh, right. uh, Absolutely Dying. So, totally. Yeah.
2: But I just mean like, I mean like I can get in the room with any of those guys because I have through BMG, through our publisher. But with, with Country, I can't because every one of those dudes, all those writers think that they're about to sell a song to Morgan Whalen tomorrow. Mm. Every one of them thinks that and it sucks because it's like, may, yeah, maybe you will. A lot of them do, right? These fucking country guys are putting 36 songs on a record. So it's like it's not far-fetched that, like, just the songs you have sitting on your Dropbox file could end up, you know, on a record for one of these big country guys. It, it, it is how it works. So I want to do it. I'm planning on doing it. It's Part of the reason I moved out here was to just kind of make my make my life easier. Um, you know, we have a lot of family out here that can rally around my new family, um, my baby, and help us watch him and help help Chelsea with the baby when I'm gone. Um, and part of that is so that I can free myself up to do more music. Um, but but yeah, it's slow, man. I'm finding it. I'm finding it to be harder to find country writers than it should be. And maybe I just need to stop being a bitch and pick up a guitar and, and play chords.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just now really? you're living in the country. You you can pull from the reality of your situation. You can get inspiration from where you live. So it's true. It's yeah, real. Puns. We love that. <laughs> Next question yeah. is uh, comes from Virtual Boy, and he says, how did the song Hypo- Hypochondria come to be? Uh, at the time that it dropped, I was dealing with an undiagnosed illness. I have since then recovered, but that song really helped me when no one took me seriously. I've also been there. a hypochondriac throughout my life. So question, how did the song Hypochondria come to be?
2: I mean, from, from a lyrical standpoint, it's just like something that I've struggled with too. And luckily, I'm kind of over it now. But like, especially when I was a younger man, you know, like you – You'd maybe spend a night with a, an unsavory Woman and, and You'd wake up the next morning and it's just like You'd f- have like all these fears and, and it's Why does my crotch like, burn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's silly but like that's kind of like Part of part of where like my Like earliest Feelings of hypochondria came from Was just being like oh I have AIDS I have AIDS now and I'm just like I slept You know like <laughs> <laughs> the girl. Next morning
0: waking up sweating I've got AIDS Oh <laughs> yes, no I shouldn't dude. have done that <laughs>
2: yeah so like it's silly but it really is where it kind of comes from so extreme you know you wake up the next morning yeah like you said you're like i don't know that freckle wasn't there before um classic that was that was a big part of it but also just yeah dealing with like just going through life dealing with stuff where i'm like oh i don't know why i do that with my neck or like i don't know why i feel like i have the need to like flex my arms really tight or like you know, why why I feel like they need to push the tongue to the side of my mouth against my teeth. Just things that I do. And I think it just comes down to Tourette's, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like undiagnosed Tourette's. But um But yeah, just that feeling of being like, I don't I can't physically point out what's wrong with me. I just know that I do things other people don't do. Right. And I see them. And so that was kind of where the impetus of the song came from. It wasn't so much being told I was like, Oh, you're fine. Um, it was more just about being like Am I fine? Yeah, I think if I, I think if I went to the doctors, they would just be like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just, you're just different, you know?
1: <laughs> well, the, the crazy thing about anxiety <laughs> is that it can literally cause so many physical symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, to where you could literally feel like you're having a heart attack. You're going to pass out. You're Hold sweating. You, you can't catch your breath. Like panic attacks are very real. And so when those things happen, Hold especially away. if you're not used to them, it can feel like you're dying. Like you're literally about oh. to die. And so it can definitely be very scary. Um, Tristan Schulf's, Says, what other career options do you have if music doesn't work out?
2: I mean, I, the the business that I do now, obviously the agency, um, I can't not do. I think if if I want to continue to maintain my lifestyle, I have to do that. So the agency is the number one thing. That's where I make most of my money. Um, I have a printing business, right? We do like large format printing. So we print like backdrops for bands. Um I print, like, all the trays stuff. Um, I, I printed something for, like, Power Man 5000. So, like, bands will just randomly hit me up and be like, I need a backdrop. I got your number from so-and-so. So that's a big part of my business. We also do, like, flags and, like, tent tops and shit like that. Prettygoodshop.com,
1: uh, by the way. Link in the description.
2: P- pretty good, Use pretty good code shop Use code POWERMAN5000. Use a tips for the merch guy. Uh, there, we the pretty good. Shop is new. Like that's like, you remember shithead Steve? Yeah. Do you follow that guy? yeah. That's kind of like, ever since I saw like his stuff, I'm like, this is funny shit. I just want to make shirts that are dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the newest one. I don't make a lot of money from that just yet. I made a couple hundred bucks, but uh yeah, pretty good. Shop is like my meme t-shirt, which is also
1: uh, where you can find Dickie Dines merch. Yeah. Recently released. Go check it out. Yeah.
2: You- and some Jared Dines merch. It's we got. That's kind of like I think what the end goal would be would be like what we're doing for you, like f- like fulfillment for different shops. Okay, uh, would be cool because we bought those. I bought those direct to garment printers, and they're basically just like actual printers, but they're huge, and you just like put a shirt like you would put a piece of paper in, you put a shirt in, and it prints on the shirt. Yeah, it's fucking tight. <laughs> it's crazy like the The world we live in, where you're just like, oh, I just print on shirts. It's gnarly. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my, like, my three big ones. Is like, obviously the merchandising stuff, the branding stuff, and then the, the talent agency is the big one. But Dragged Under went away tomorrow. I think all I would do is sleep better. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, I love doing it, but that is the truth. It like be stressful. It's a
0: testament to how much, if anything, you like the music because of how much you have to sacrifice oh, yeah. to make it work.
2: Yeah. How much I love playing. Like, there's really nothing like playing. I don't give a shit about like writing music. That's not fun for me. You give a shit about writing. Um, I don't. I don't really. Get, I get a little you're bit of a rush playing. when it comes out, I like think. when we release a record or whatever, like release a single. But there's nothing like playing shows. Like we play a show like Hellfest, and you get up there, and there's like fifteen thousand people, and you're just like. Whoa. It's pretty crazy, yeah. Fifteen
1: thousand people,
2: a
0: hard to fathom number in
2: front
1: of you. It, uh, yeah, it was, it was like, so it's. Did you have a moment? Because like when I played with Breaking Benjamin, it was it was fifteen thousand as well. Did you? Is it kind of like disassociating for you? Because for me, it was. 100%. Where I just like I would find one person in the crowd who was having a lot of fun, and then that one person was just how I saw the entire crowd was this one guy. Yeah. You know You were safety
0: totem for the night. You that was, was my, you yeah, look at that guy. he was my he's safety
1: like, guy. I was like, yeah, we're rocking. And then, like, everything else disappeared. <laughs> oh <my God.
0: laughs> and that guy went yeah. home, he's like, the guitarist would not stop staring at me. <laughs> 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 I thought he was pissed off at me or something. <laughs> Big eyes just <laughs> like, I'm about to have a heart <laughs> attack. this guy's like, me? <laughs>
2: you're, you're, you're not going to have sex with me? <laughs> it's not, he's hitting people. Is like, I look at him. But did you notice
1: that? You, did you notice that yes. when you play in front of big people, you kind of just, it goes people. away? <laughs> yeah, just really yeah, large it, people. It's funny.
2: It's almost more like that when we play in front of a small crowd.
1: Mm, okay.
2: Like when we're playing in front of a room, we're like, ah, oh, this room's kind of thin. Like I'll just lock in on the people having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll try to be like like there was a girl in sacramento. It was a good show It was a sold-out show, but I just remember being like i'm giving all the attention to this girl because she had like our logo like painted on her face You know, like she brought like a sign and shit like that. And I'm like, wow, that's cool Like i'm gonna give as much of my attention to this person Like you said like you locked in with that dude that was rocking mm-hmm. with you um But yeah, I definitely notice Like on big stages I almost won't notice anyone mm. Like like dude, the dudes will do that um, like Sean or, or whoever will just be like, yo, did you notice like the dude in the front like this? Or like, someone like, yo, did you sit up longer right in the front or tits out or whatever? Um, you know, just cause they'll catch things or like distract them during the set. And I think that what I'm doing is a different level of like mental commitment to, cause they have to think they have to like, okay, this, this fret, you know, like a pinch, pinch harmonic right here, like playing the guitars a little bit more um a little bit more mathematical than than being a front man. Mm-hmm. Where you run around and go I'm ah, like, you know, think I'm I'm more thinking before and before the set like what am I going to climb on or like looking for opportunities. Like like at louder than life, I just was like this camera guy was there the whole time and I finally just like grabbed his camera from him and just like pointed it at the crowd and it was just like looking for stuff to do or like the video of me doing the bowling thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Which is funny by the I'm way.
2: Just looking for like but thank you. I'm just looking just for opportunities. Pleasure. Yeah, You know, where I'm like, what can I do that's fun? So I'm not really locking in on anyone in the crowd in particular unless someone's being real odd. Mm-hmm. Like if I lock in on you, it's probably because you're bothering me. <laughs> there's <It's laughs> a sea mean, of like, movement. There's one guy. <laughs> yeah, or they'll be like, it's, I'll, I'll be like, did you guys see the guy eating a hot dog on the rail? <laughs> He's or the highest <laughs> He
0: doesn't even know it. that there's a band playing. He's just back turned.
2: Unfortunately, we tend to notice like the people who are um, – who are not having fun more than the people who are. Sure. I mean, yeah. Which sucks. Cause it's like, I don't want to be thinking about you. Like, you don't deserve my attention. Yeah. So that's when, like you said, we try to like shift and be like, who is fucking rocking? are you like throw the horns up at you? Like, you know, like they can tell you're looking at them and those are cool moments for them where they feel recognized, where they're like, dude, the singer dragon under saw me fucking singing his music or whatever. And so, we try to give that back to the fans. It's literally like the most interaction we'll have with them all night.
1: Right, right. Uh, so my next my next question is, how long is the mullet going to grow?
2: Dude, I was just talking to my wife about this the other night where I was like, this is the longest my hair has ever it's been. It's pretty
1: long. Also, what it's what's your long. hair care routine?
2: Um, I mean, not much, to be honest. I shampoo and conditioner, and uh, every what? now and again, I'll use like what's called Moroccan oil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I lost you guys. The Moroccan?
1: The Moroccan oil. Moroccan
2: oil. And then I just take a big shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I lost
2: the ass for a second there. Uh, yeah, no, I I use. I don't do much. The Moroccan oil is like a game changer because it makes it smell great. But nice. I don't know if it does anything to my hair.
1: For sure. Well, Tony, we don't want to keep it too long. It's been about an hour. So uh my last question for the night, who are you voting for in 2024? <laughs> <laughs> my feelings will be I'm just kidding I'm just kidding uh, Tony thank you so much for joining us really do appreciate it we do I want to come out and see your new place I really do please
2: dude honestly we That'd have we awesome. got guest rooms. got the whole shop you guys can sleep in the shop with the bugs
1: hell yeah as long as I get the electric swatter Are
2: oh, you got a quote I mentioned the shop
0: is it endorsed
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the pretty good dot shop yeah uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's great out here, man. It's you guys would love. I mean, you've been out to Walla Walla. Mm-hmm. You guys have been here. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a nice but place. I like it. I mean, that restaurant we cool. went to is really nice too. I don't remember what it was called. It's called the Onion John. The uh the place we went to <laughs> where we, there's that one show that we didn't play because it was so bad and then we took like the three fans that showed up to that restaurant remember? Oh, my God. do you remember that? Oh do you remember God. that? Oh. Yeah, that
0: was awkward. That restaurant
1: was sick. I
0: about yeah, it was that. The, we oh went to the, the venue and they didn't have like
2: a PA system, right? Yeah, yeah that, was in, that was in Pasco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I cut I my glass in the parking lot. lot. About that. Yeah. So funny funny enough, I'm going there tonight. It's called Wingman's.
1: Okay. Hell mm-hmm. yeah.
2: And that's when we do trivia on Tuesday. So I'll be there in the <laughs> <airport>. Dude, <laughs> next a time trip. you have at
1: trivia night, we'll, we'll plan it. Maybe in like a month or something, a couple months, we'll mm-hmm. come out and yeah, do trivia dude, night. Be fun. That'd be so sick. Be fun. Take a be little. so
2: good to have you guys out here. Take, I mean, take we'll a, to a road trip. Monster. Yeah, that would be blast. Go, uh, we'll do what country people do. We'll go punch a cow or something.
0: <laughs> you got any country aliases in the works? Young country uh, or I something? Just,
2: well, honestly, like on, on TikTok, I just go by Coyote Brown. Okay. I just stole my, I was like, yo, your first name's killer. You got cool last name. <laughs> that <laughs> is what, When we were talking about it earlier,
0: I was thinking in my head, I was like, Coyote actually would just be like a sick country artist name. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, that's why we gave it to him, because we were like, if he does something cool, I don't want him to have to, like, make up a name. What about, like, Tony yeah.
1: Coyote? There you go.
2: That's a little cartoony. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> like Wiley coyote. coyote. Yeah, true, true, true.
1: Will,
0: Will.e.coyote. <laughs> Will.e.coyote.
1: Uh, All right, Tony, I well, love you, man. It's good
2: to talk to you. you thank you yeah, guys so, for being uh, here, thank you
1: so much for doing this, and, uh, yeah, sure. we'll get together very soon.
2: All right, y'all, be good.
1: All right, take care, man. Enjoy thanks, the shop.
2: Dude. See it
1: later. All right, everybody. Thank you uh, again, Tony, for joining us. And now let us get right into The, the After, after show! show. It's time for The After Show.
0: Cue the Dancing Skeleton! Cue the Dancing did we, Skeleton! Did we not did that pass the funding? <laughs> I put in a request to get a Dancing Skeleton. Oh, I guess not.
1: <laughs> Alright everybody, welcome to the After Show. This is where we interact with our patrons over on Patreon. If you want to join us on Patreon, we would really appreciate it. And we read your comments, and we read your questions. We answer them live on the podcast for every After Show that we do on every podcast you also get a ton of other perks as well. If we get to 500 patrons, which I think we're almost halfway there, me and Austin will be doing a five song EP. Yes. So, if we get to 500 patrons, you will be getting new music from us. So, go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dickie Dineshow, link in the description below. Let's jump into the after show. So, first, we have Jacob Batelli that says, Would love to see some this versus that content with metal or just music in general, like Beatles versus Rolling Stones, etc. If you can.
0: Oh, interesting. It'd be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm totally down for that. Like a almost like a would you rather, but. You know, mm-hmm. like bands yeah, or whatever. Could,
0: yeah, like the verses aspect. Of it'd be the, pretty cool. It'd be cool. Will we do like a bracket where at the end you n- n- like narrow it down to one, or is it just a bunch of one v ones?
1: Probably a bunch of one v ones, I imagine. Unless you do the same genre, I then you can narrow say, yeah, down, yeah, I think, to a bracket. Yeah, you know he, Otherwise, it would be like, oh, random. Led Zeppelin and Avenged Sevenfold. It's like, well, <laughs> a little different. Uh, next, from Matthew Davis, he says, Austin, have you ever considered <laughs> polishing your clean vocals and putting them to use? Uh, roasted, by the way. And, <laughs> and then he says, Jared, have you ever considered doing another melodic EP like The Light? Still my personal favorite from your gallery. Austin?
0: Uh, well, first of all, you can still polish a diamond. So. <laughs> <laughs> Very, true. Very uh, true. Yeah, no, actually, I, I have. A, I put in a lot of uh, effort into like learning how to sing better like over the years, and I just haven't done anything with it yet, but yeah, totally. I think there's there's actually a few things I have been working on, but they're just not into the world yet, so
1: yeah, yeah, yes would be the hundred percent, and and same, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of music I want to write, and it's just finding the time to do it and prioritizing <sighs> my other work to do, and then eventually doing it. Dude,
0: um, dude speaking of progress, I, there was a I don't even remember who it was from. There was a song you showed me earlier this year that. It was, I was like, who's, who's singing on this was like solid. And you're like, oh, it's me. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is like, cr- like crazy how like good you got it. Oh, singing. thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I would love to do more for sure. Um, this question is, uh, for me, it says, Jared, you've mentioned a few times you're diabetic. How has that affected your life when it comes to touring or just in general? Yes, I'm a diabetic. I have been for 21 years, uh, type one that is. And touring, uh, it, it's not terrible. I usually just make sure I'm okay. I, you know, I take care of myself make sure that I have you know juice or something or you know constantly checking I think the, the the one thing I did notice that really does suck though is that before a show you know you always want to make sure that like your your blood sugar levels are good um but when I play a show I have this huge spike of adrenaline and mm-hmm. it raises my blood sugar so like before a show I could be like good mm-hmm. and ready to go and then after the show my numbers like 350 Fuck. after eating nothing mm-hmm. like it could be like a hundred and then after the performance and like which is crazy because Cause you're running around sweating mm-hmm. and for 30, 45 minutes dancing around and exercising, and it just skyrockets. So that was really annoying to deal with. But other than that, it's really not that, not that bad. I, I, I try to take care of myself. Uh, this next one comes from tough dudes. Tony he says question for Austin. What's the status on physical copies of facing the unknown? I've scoured the internet and have yet to find one. unfortunately.
0: Oh, that's a fun question. Uh, yeah, I don't. Those never got put online. I don't think so. That's probably why you can't find it. Uh, what is facing
1: the unknown? What is that? Is that's the uh, the from heroes to the legends, from heroes to legends, legends record. Length, the, yeah.
0: the one that you're on the album cover of. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah, that one we only pr- we press physicals, and I actually still have probably like ten of them left, honestly. So uh, yeah, where where you live? Maybe I could just fucking send you one. Yeah, there you is, go. I mean, I'd rather people that. Give a fuck about the record, have it, and then be like, oh, could I make forty dollars for this? Uh,
1: yeah, um, Tony, message us on a uh, Patreon, yeah, and uh, we'll see if we can get that to you. Uh, this one comes from Rage Mage, it says, "Hey Austin, can I get a
0: screech? A screech? A screech? Yeah, what
1: is a each I think it's just a ah! one of the, one of them, one of them skeeches. Is it gotta be high? I mean, it could be. You ready? Three... Two, one, stop! Fantastic. Would y'all do a food challenge where you guys do some sort of blindfold challenge of selected gross foods? A no barf challenge, if you will. (laughs) No barf (laughs) challenge.
0: Let's see. I'm really good at those challenges if the condition is that I can throw up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I'll eat anything if I can throw up after. (laughs) It's like, wait, how do I know that I'm going to throw up or not until I put uh, the thing in my mouth? That's when the real
0: tragedy hits is when your body realizes what you've done to it and it starts to digest those things and it's like, whoa, what's inside me right now?
1: Yeah, for real. Um, let's see. Uh, Epic Killer sixty five says, "In your formative years, what was the hardest you struggled with practicing your instruments, and what was the thing that pushed you through or made it click in your mind?"
0: <clears throat> uh, you're trying to learn how to tunnel through. You remember that era, yeah, I was, dude. I, like, every day, I just were like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. I just had like a goat that yeah. was just being like picked on. I remember, dude. <laughs> I remember. Me, that was the longest technique for uh, to figure out for me. And it sucks now because it's so it's so easy to do. But it it was just like there was no nobody doing it at the time. It was just like Dickie Allen and Travis Ryan had like, look what I can do. There was no tutorials or anything. It was kind of just figure it out. Right. right. So long. And I finally got it. That was that was my biggest hurdle is (laughs) vocally.
1: Uh, Mongolius asks, what was the closest you guys ever came to quitting the music industry? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever gotten to that point of of wanting to quit. It, for me, it was always just like I'm gonna make it work no matter what. Yeah,
0: it's like things about like things have always gotten hard and been hard in music. But yeah, I don't th- I don't think I ever had like a a tragic moment where I was like I'm giving up music. Yeah, there's I don't know plenty of other things, but music has always been unwavering because it's I was making music well before I was making any type of money, and so sure. it was never about like oh if I'm not making a thousand dollars for this song that I can't do it. It's yeah, no, I've always wanted to do music. I could feel that for touring. Maybe that there's a couple moments where you're like, is this worth doing?
1: <laughs> but right. as far as music itself, no, not not once. Elijah Dudis asks, What is your fondest Dickie Dines show memory?
0: Oh, that's a cool question.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a lot.
0: One that always comes to mind immediately, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's like a top-tier one, was the the firework war video we did. Okay. Yeah, there's just so many good moments in that video, and I like cry laughing thinking about Tony had just bought those like Valenciaga shorts or whatever. Or not Valencia Volcom. They were Volcom shorts. Yeah. Because B- oh, a, a brand. hole. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I shot because he had like a like a cardboard shield he was yeah. trying to use. And I was shooting the Roman candles at the ground so it would bounce <laughs> under it. Like the first time we did it, it like burned a hole straight through his brand new shorts. And he was like flexing them up, like, dude, I got these brand new shorts. <laughs> it just instantly melted to his skin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's good moments in that video.
1: I think for me, I, there's, dude, there's so many. <laughs> There's so many mm-hmm. but I mean the, I like the like the early ones you did where it was like we'd go outside and we'd do like little gross food challenges and oh, we'd throw yeah. darts at a board or we mm-hmm. would, you know, blind taste gross food <laughs> Fucking, or... Yeah, tomato soup slip inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, I don't know. There, there's just so many. Mm-hmm. And they're all so different. Right. Because right. like a lot of the, the dual vocal covers we used to do were, were so fun. And yeah. I, we'd stay up until three or four in the morning pissing <laughs> off our roommates to, you know, to do those. And they were, you know, were so much fun. Dude, the, yeah, the vocal covers are great. yeah um all right let's see let's do one more here um uh, let me okay fddnm uh, says let me know how much you agree with this for mixing it seems to me that it's less about the monitoring equipment sound treatment and more about understanding how the mix translates from your speakers headphones onto other devices i would stress over my listening environment having these issues but it seems like it's not that important but the pros and tutorials never mention that type of thing that i've seen thoughts um, I think you can do a good mix in a bad environment, but you have to test it. I think you have to kind of do the car test. You have to do if That's what you're kind of asking. I'm assuming, um, it definitely helps to to understand your environment because that's the thing is like for me mixing, I don't have a good setup. I don't have great speakers. I don't have a soundproof room. I don't have paneling or anything like that. But I know that if, I, if it sounds like this in this room, it's going to be good in everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So understanding the room you're in, I think is very important over having like super, super, super good room is just knowing that like, oh, well, if my monitors are sounding too bassy or whatever, but in other everywhere else, it's fine if they sound a little bassy or whatever here, that's good. That's what it needs to sound like. That's what I've always. It kind of um, yeah. Done. Make, make
0: sure it passes the AirPod in the car test. That's yeah, yeah. New. If it sounds good on both those things, that's like the what's important. Because yeah. there's always going to be comments that are like, "Oh, this mix is the it's the low ends missing." You know, there's always going to be stuff like that. You could get it perfect, and then now it's too overproduced. You know, so there's. Right. I don't think that worrying about that type of feedback is necessarily important. Uh, it's, yeah, I think what you're doing is good. The tech, like you said, the environment doesn't necessarily f- like, you don't need the best equipment ever. As long as it sounds good on your fucking, your headphones and in your car, I think it's a, it's passed all the tests it needs to pass.
1: I, I, uh, yeah, I do agree. I do agree. Um, okay, well, thank you guys so much for dropping your comments and your questions for the After Show. Again, if you want to be part of the After Show where we read your comments and questions, Ooh. go to the link in the description and join us on Patreon. Also, I'd like to point out that we now have the names, which is a perk on the one of the tiers on our Patreon. You get your name behind the wall if you sign up under a, uh, under a certain tier so that's pretty cool yeah that's yeah. pretty cool got six of them up there already sick to fill up that wall and uh like i said we're we hit 500 patrons we're doing an ep five songs doing it ourselves vocals heavy whatever we're getting close so if you want to go help us out to get to that goal that would be awesome link in the description below and uh yeah we also have merch you can check that out link in the description also for that which is also tony's the Purdy dot good pretty good dot shop i think <laughs> is what is doc, pretty, pretty, dot pretty good dot pretty good t-shirt pretty so yeah you can get some merch and get some uh some extra perks on patreon and uh yeah i think that's i think it's about it for now
0: i think it's half off bugs right now too on the website <laughs> so if, you, if you hurry you can get a sick deal
1: you might get a, 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 a tony shop bug in
0: your order you know? get <laughs> yeah, back with a little gnat and a baggie <laughs> <laughs> It's like the sweet water candy. It's like the sweet water candy. It's like a little bug. <laughs> All
1: right, thank you guys. See you later.
0: Bye.